today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's the Bears Town Hall. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger, as he does uh, on a monthly basis, will join us. Uh, and we're going to do this, of course, uh, in separate areas. Of course, I'm broadcasting from home today, and uh, as is the mayor. Uh, but we are going to uh, accommodate you uh, with your phone calls, your tweets, and your uh, emails for Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. We'll go to those calls in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Mr. Mayor, good morning. Good to have you with us today. Good morning, Bill. How is everything? Uh, we're doing just fine. Uh, you know, the uh, yeah. social separation seems to be working, I guess. Uh, but mind you, we still have some new cases and some new numbers uh, when it comes yeah. to uh, some of COVID-19. Uh, talk to us about your uh, conversations with uh, the medical officer of health. I mean, you know, we seem to be doing everything online, but uh, I guess this was anticipated that there was going to be a bump in these numbers anyway. Well, it is. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, sadly, it probably won't, uh, won't end, uh, at these numbers. Uh, I think there's an anticipation that these numbers are going to continue to increase, uh, especially in the next uh, couple of weeks, largely as a result of folks traveling and coming back home and, uh, you know, having, uh, then at some point or another has spread, spread to others. And now we're seeing that, uh, kind of travel, travel, uh, cause, uh, you know, starting to, uh, slowly dissipate and it's now community spread. So, uh, we're seeing the uptake. Uh, I expect that we'll see more of this uh, going forward. I think that's the anticipation for the uh, from the medical officer of health as well. But the uh, the advice uh, remains the same. Uh, you know, do everything you can to uh, stay home. The the more that we can do to uh, to not interact with one another and not spread this virus, uh, the better off we'll be in terms of our, our overall community. Uh, it is going to be very, very, uh, extremely important for our healthcare system that it doesn't get overloaded. And you know that you know this is flu season, so you know the uh, the healthcare system is always challenged this time of year as it is anyway. Uh, so right now, this is over and above all of those challenges that are happening, and so we need to ensure that we crush that curve, flatten that curve, plank that curve, whatever you want to call it. There are many, many uh, monikers right now, but it is so critically important, <clears throat> and that's why we've uh, we've closed uh, facilities, uh, we've shut down uh, the uh, the, uh, uh, the parking lots for uh, some of the parks that uh, that are being utilized, some of the waterfall areas. The conservation authority has shut them down to prevent people from gathering and interacting uh, as they shouldn't. And so, um, unfortunately, the uh, the numbers are, and we've had a couple of deaths now, and, uh, you know, sadly, uh, I'd like to say uh, we'll, we'll not see another one. I'm not sure that's reasonable, uh, but uh, hopefully we can minimize the impacts if we all do our part. A couple of things I wanted to ask you about, because we're getting a lot of emails, and I'm sure you've seen some of this too, uh, yep. something that you need to address. The city of Hamilton has not declared a state of emergency. Some suggest that maybe you should have done that. Well, you haven't so far. Why not? Well, there's no need. And, uh, you know, I, as I've said on a number of occasions, the, uh, the province of Ontario has declared a state of emergency. All 444 municipalities across the province are in a state of emergency under the declaration of the province of Ontario. Uh, locally, the only reason for me to to state to declare a state of emergency would be to hand powers to our senior staff to allow them to do all the work that they need to do to manage this crisis. We had already done that. We had uh, the council had met. Uh, council said yes, delegated authority to go to staff, do whatever it takes, do whatever you need to do, spend whatever you need to spend to ensure that we can keep our community safe. And and all of that work has been rolling up. There is no advantage for between municipalities to state to say uh, we're in a state of emergency now some of the municipalities out there 
may not have been able to meet as a council to delegate that authority to their staff. And the only way that the mayor could uh, ensure that that happens is to declare a state of emergency. So we're in different situations. Uh, are we disadvantaged by anything? Not at all. We, we've probably been ahead of the curve because we delegated our authority, the authority to our staff right, right at the very beginning. And they got busy doing, doing the necessary steps to, uh, to, to try and keep our community safe. And that will continue. In terms of future funding from the province, we're all on a we're, we're on a level playing field. Uh, the province is not going to be treating municipalities differently because they declared a state of emergency. Uh, I got that right from Minister Clark, the Minister of Municipal Affairs. There is no need for a state of uh, declaring a state of emergency if you've already delegated authority to your staff. And so I'm, uh, you know, I think people, uh, you know, might might feel better about, you know, knowing that uh, the city of Hamilton did or didn't. But the reality is we're all in it uh, by virtue of the provincial declaration, and we're all going to get a fair a fair treatment in terms of future funding and future policy issues right across the board for all municipalities. Uh, there may be some confusion here anyway, because I know uh, you know if you follow some of the other natural disasters that have occurred uh, in North America over the last little while, uh, some jurisdictions will declare a state of emergency because they need to do that uh, to be able to access funds. But uh, as you've just right. mentioned, uh, both the federal and provincial governments, from what I understand, Mr. Mayor, have already yeah. said that, that that's already going to happen anyway, so you don't need to do that's that. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and if, if, if we had an isolated incident, uh, like, like, you know, in past years we had flooding, yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes to get access to provincial funds, you need to declare a state of emergency. And if you've done that, that triggers, you know, some funding advantage coming from the province. But, it, you know, it doesn't happen in all communities at the same time. Here, this, this, uh, this issue is happening everywhere around the world and everywhere in the province, in every municipality, in the, in the same kind of way. And the, the treatment we're getting from both the federal and provincial governments is going to be equitable for all all provinces, all municipalities, uh, as needed. And uh, the announcements that they've made have been uh, very, very helpful. I think the, the federal government has stepped up in a big way. Uh, I, I was on a, a conference call with uh, Deputy Prime Minister Freeland last night with uh, some other big city mayors from across the country. Uh, I think they understand that uh, this, was a, this was an opener. This is not the end of the funding that's going to come forward. Uh, there's a real need to provide more funding for businesses that are struggling and uh, that wasn't really particularly addressed. And they certainly covered individuals and uh, a lot of other areas where people and individuals are, need to be looked after. Funding $2,000 a month for the next four months, I think very positive for those that have lost their job or their income. Uh, but businesses are struggling and uh, folks that are renting are, are, uh, are also need assistance. And you know, the provincial government also made a number of great announcements, a good start on, uh, you know, some funding that will flow to, uh, to businesses or flow to individuals, uh, but businesses and renters, again, were what was an area that uh, they haven't yet addressed, but I'm uh, confident that they will, will do so in short order. So I'm, I'm seeing governments uh, taking, you know, measured steps uh, going forward as quickly as they can. Uh, hopefully, uh, they can get this money out the door to people quickly. Uh, I, I said, uh, you know, you know, a few days ago that uh, people need to be a little bit patient because uh, these are big initiatives that uh, require application processes and, and, you know, to ensure that it gets into the hands of the right people and that uh, there isn't anything uh, that would distract from that. And so, uh, but it'll happen. And I think they, uh, they need to know that their government uh, has their back at this point and they're all taking it extremely seriously and they know that more resources need to flow. 
By the way, just on that point, uh, it's probably a good idea and a good time to remind people uh, of something the Prime Minister said yesterday. I, like hours after they announced these uh, these relief packages, uh, there have been some online scams that people trying to get involved mm-hmm. in this. Uh, you know, uh, you, you are entitled to, a, and there's a dollar figure there, a thousand dollars or whatever. They yeah, just yeah. make a number up, and you're supposed to click on a link. Don't do it uh, because that's not how the government's giving the money out. Uh, it's it's no, a link, I mean, and it's. No. A lot of people yeah. are going to fall for that. They always do, sadly, but just don't ever go that yeah. way. Yeah, you know what? Your your listeners need to know that uh, the, the government doesn't text people. Uh, they never do that. They will never text you to ask you for any information. Anybody that does that, uh, you should uh, just, just ignore that and delete it. Uh, you know, the communications by text uh, from banks or others, it does not happen. Um, they, uh, they, they, they communicate directly. Uh, either by mail or, or if they have an issue, they'll phone. But they, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of phone scamming going on. So don't, uh, don't uh, assume for a minute that you're going to get a phone call from the federal government asking you about did you get your check and did you give us the details. Ignore that as well. That's, that doesn't happen either. But, uh, you know, people need to be very wary because there's an opportunity here for, uh, for a lot of scammers out there to, uh, to try and capture this money before it gets into the hands of the people that need it. Jack, just keep in mind, I, I don't want to spend the whole thing talking about fraudulent behavior, but uh, uh, the government doesn't need your social insurance number. You've, they've got it already. If you've ever okay. filed an income tax, they, they have it. So don't, don't just right. be wary about these sorts of things. Mr. Yeah. Mayor, we've heard about so many companies that have had to lay people off. In some cases, uh, you know, just sorry you can go home because we just can't afford to pay you anymore. Uh, it's a frustrating experience. And, and as you mentioned, these programs have been set up to try to give some assistance to those. Uh, talk to us about the this, this thousands of city employees now, municipal employees. You mentioned many of them are working from home. Have any of them been told to, to stay back and well, there's no work for you here, or is that everybody still gainfully employed here? Well, they're gainfully employed, and uh, we're going to continue to pay people. I think the worst thing we can do is to uh, to, to, to stop uh, you know th- them having an income. Uh, but there are numbers of people that are that are told to just go home, and uh, there isn't work for you right now. But uh, we're we're going to continue to pay them. I think many other uh, reputable companies are doing similar efforts. But there are also many many thousands of people that are still working, still working from home. Uh, the police and fire and paramedics are all out there on a daily basis. We have an administration that's functioning very well. All of your counselors and their administrative staff are still working, and you can call them at the usual numbers or email them as you have in the past for any comments or concerns. Uh, we are functional for all intents and purposes. And But the uh, the worst thing we can do as a municipality right now is to uh, to start uh, hacking and slashing and cutting cutting people off from an income that they're going to desperately need and, and, and exacerbating this problem. And so uh, we're going to continue to do that. Uh, we're also impressing upon the federal and provincial governments that, uh, that the municipalities across the country are, are, you know, getting hit with revenue shortfalls and, and ever-increasing expenses as a result of all of this work that we need to do on COVID-19. So transit revenue is down. I think we're running at about 30 or 25 percent. So that revenue is, uh, is gone. Uh, you know, the revenue that comes out of the, the programs that we deliver is gone. Uh, we may uh, see a dip in uh, in tax revenue as a result of uh, you know probably some proposed waiving of penalties and fees that that allows for a deferral, and so uh, we're getting hit pretty hard on the revenue side, and we're getting pretty hit hard on the expense side because all of the expenses that we're con- uh, incurring uh, continue to escalate as these uh, these issues continue to escalate as well. 
So they're fully aware of that. I expect at some point down the road that municipalities will, will also get direct assistance to offset some of those costs. But the reality is uh, people need to be employed. And, uh, you know, for us to do our part as a municipality, keep paying the people that uh, normally would be employed with you. And that certainly takes the pressure off of, uh, you know, some of the, the, the economy that, uh, that needs them to continue to spend some money and uh, pay their bills and uh, continue on with their everyday lives. On that point, uh, it was just a couple of weeks ago that, that uh, obviously the city council passed the budget for this year uh, yep. after a great deal of hard work and trying to pare that down as, as low as they could. But that's based, as, as we were talking about previous to that, Mr. Mayor, that is all based on projections, revenue projections, uh, and right. things that are going to be happening in the next, well, nine months in this particular case. That's all out the window now, as you just mentioned. Uh, so I would imagine at some point, uh, your finance staff's going to have to sit down together and, and reevaluate an awful lot of these things about what kind of revenues and what kind of a shortfall we're going to have. Not just Hamilton, I guess just about every city now, because I don't think anybody yeah. saw this coming. I mean, we knew there was going to be some problem here uh, with COVID-19, but we didn't think it was going to be of this magnitude and have this much of an impact. Totally, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it seems like it's, uh, it's almost a sci-fi movie that we're living in right now. You know, three weeks ago, who would have thought that we'd be, uh, you know, sitting in this kind of environment with the, the streets empty and most businesses closed. Uh, it's, it's like a ghost town in, in many parts of the city. Uh, it's it's, it's the, uh, the script of, a, you know, a sci-fi pandemic movie, and here we are. It's real, and it has real costs and consequences, not only for, the, uh, for individuals, but for municipalities for businesses for uh, for employees and governments uh, so you know the, a lot of the uh, employment that the federal government continues to do they still get revenue but that a lot of that revenue is now going to get turned into help and assistance for people that are losing their jobs or are struggling in their business or, or just maintaining uh, you know the the help and assistance for people that are homeless and all the resources that uh, that, that that's going to require so expenses are going through the roof uh, expenses are going through the roof at every level of government, and uh, at some point that bill has to be paid. Uh, you know, you know, from, from our, you know, our pockets. Uh, you know, there's only one taxpayer, and uh, we know that 50% of the overall tax load goes to the federal government, 40% goes to the province of Ontario, 10% comes to the municipalities through uh, the municipal uh, property tax. And uh, at some point, uh, these additional costs are going to be borne by 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 taxpayers. Uh, there's no kind of uh, you know there's no pot of gold lying around here somewhere that uh, will offset all of that. But uh, I think what we need to do now is focus on the immediate. And the immediate is uh, the the immediate concern is getting people to do what they need to do, do their part to stay at home, uh, stop the spread of this virus so that we can contain it, not uh, continue to increase the uh, the capacity of the hospital system and, uh, you know, curtail what we can and uh, hopefully get through this in a number of weeks. And I, you know, when I, I say a number of weeks, uh, this uh, I anticipate will be longer than most people might expect. So uh, prepare yourself for a longer haul. And, but, uh, you know, know that what you're doing in terms of self-isolation is making a difference. And I, I, I really do want to congratulate the majority of the citizens of Hamilton that are doing the right thing. Uh, you know, you can tell by, uh, you know, if you move around the city at all that, uh, you know, there's there's sparsely any traffic and movement out there. Uh, people are doing what they, they should be doing, the majority of them, and they ought to be congratulated. And we ask them to stick with it as long as the public health officials say that we should. Uh, for others that are ignoring this, uh, you know, at your peril and at the peril of some of your friends, your family, your grandparents, 
uh, if you are not uh, safely uh, moving around our city or safely uh, isolating yourself as needed, then you are potentially uh, putting other people at risk and possibly, uh, you know, some may actually die as a result of getting this virus. And so uh, there's much to do, much cost to be borne here. Uh, but that bill, uh, you know, that bill issue comes later. Right now, people need to spend and resource what we need to do to curtail this issue. Uh, there is no, uh, you know, if we're all sick and ill, uh, any business out there won't matter. Uh, uh, our health is the primary concern. Our health of uh, the general populace, our health of all of our people is a, is a top priority. Uh, after that, we'll figure out where all the bills need to be paid. Exactly. Listen, we're going to take a quick break, Mr. Mayor. You can go top up your coffee. Uh, and uh, by the way, we'll open the lines up here too now at 905 645 3221. Start 9900 is toll free. Email bkelly at 900chml.com and on Twitter at chml bill kelly. Your questions, your comments for Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger as we all deal with COVID 19. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. It's, uh, Mayor's Town Hall, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger is with us uh, by telephone, of course. Uh, we are practicing social distancing here. I don't know if we could get further apart, Mr. Mayor, you in the East End and me out here in, in Ancaster, but here we are. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and dealing what we're supposed to do here and, and, and trying to do uh, the right thing here, to, as you mentioned, to try to curb this pandemic. But we are going to carry on business as usual with our town halls, and that means the lines are open for your questions and your comments for uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. 905-645-3221 is the number. Star 9900 is a toll-free number. You can reach us on email, bkelly at 900chml.com, and on Twitter, at CHML Bill Kelly. Let's go right to the phones, uh, if we could. Uh, Doris, you're first up on this. Doris, welcome to the program today. Thank you very much, Bill and the Mayor. Now we're going from Ancaster, the city of Hamilton, all the way up to Stony Creek. So there we're we go. Really covering the area. Question for the Mayor. The last time that the Council met, did you make a decision regarding the uh, second installment of the municipal taxes that we're supposed to pay at the end of April? Did they, by any chance, say you're moving it to the end of May? Mr. Mayor, are you there? Uh, I'm here. Unfortunately, Bill, I couldn't hear any of that question. I, I just very faint sound, so I, I couldn't make any of it. Could you could you repeat it for me? Sure. I'd be happy to answer. Sure. Uh, uh, yeah, and Alicia will try to fix that volume problem uh, back at the studio. Uh, basically, okay. Doris is asking, there's a tax installment that's due uh, in just a couple of days, I guess, at the, and uh, is there any discussion, has there been any discussion by the city to defer that payment? Uh, the discussion is uh, how we're, how we're going to deal with that. I think the next installment is at the end of April. That's right. And uh, I think we're, uh, we're going to be uh, looking at ways and means on, on how we can help people uh, uh, on the short term, whether it's through waiving of penalties and fees, if they, uh, they, they, they don't decide to not pay for 60 days, which in, in effect would be a, a deferral. Uh, so our CFO is uh, working on that right now, and uh, we'll have something in place uh, shortly. So in other words, the, it is going to be addressed. Oh, thank you very much. It is going to be addressed, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're going to do our part. Now, uh, you know, people need to understand that our, our resources are very limited. Uh, so we we already have a cash flow problem, and so we're going to try and help individuals as much as we can. Uh, some of the levers, the only lever we have is actually some some tax deferral issues, if that's uh, the way we end up going, or some method that allows for for that to happen uh, by by waiving penalties and fees uh, for uh, for deferral. Uh, that in effect would be a deferral. So it, it's a little confusing, but uh, something's in the works. Uh, people don't expect that. Uh, the city is going to do as much as it can to be to be helpful to uh, to our citizens out there, 
And I, and I would say, and I mentioned this to the um, Minister of Municipal Affairs uh, just, uh, you know, an hour ago, that some of the renters in our city, uh, you know, are d- equally need uh, some some assistance uh, going forward. And I, uh, I hope that, uh, you know, in terms of property taxes, we're going to be helpful. But uh, renters out there need some assistance as well. We don't have a lot of levers to be able to do that through municipal taxation. So we're looking to the provincial government to, uh, to be more aggressive on helping renters in our, in our city. Doris, thanks so much for the call. Thank you again. Take care. Stay healthy. 905-645-3221, start 9900. Mr. Mayor, there have been some calls, and I'm sure you've received some of these as well, saying, well, why why don't you just give us a tax holiday until this thing is over, or for a month or whatever the case might be. Uh, Refresh my memory. I think according to the Municipal Act, you're not allowed to do that, are you? No, we cannot run a deficit. Uh, that's, That's one of our challenges, so... Uh, we can't waive taxes. Uh, we we can only uh, you know find a method of uh, making it more palatable in the short term, but uh, you know the bill has to be paid at some point. We don't have that uh, the deep pockets that the federal provincial governments have, and by by law, by statute, by by virtue of the municipal act, we are not allowed to to be in a deficit situation. So at the end of the year, we have to balance the books. And so um, that that's a factor for us. I think most of the financial assistance that's going to occur is not going to come from municipalities uh, because our, our our costs and our fees are, are increasing every day and our revenues are declining every day. It's going to come from the federal and provincial government by and large. So we'll do what we can. But, but uh, after that, uh, we will uh, rely on them to provide the kind of financial resources that are going to attempt to make individuals, businesses, uh, whole through this uh, very difficult period. Email from uh, Craig at bkelly at 900chml.com says, uh, Joy riding on the transit, uh, can the mayor explain what is being done to stop it beyond asking people not to do it through media outlets? Uh, simply asking is not actually getting the job done. People are still doing it. Yeah, a very, uh, a very difficult situation. And they, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how we can. Uh, you know, police that. I think what we're, you know, I think they have, uh, you know, transit supervisors out there that uh, do, uh, you know, uh, approach people that are sitting on the bus uh, for, you know, no apparent reason, just going for a ride. And I think, uh, you know, obviously giving them the encouragement not to do so. Uh, at some point, we may have to go to a finding process, uh, you know, like like everything else. Uh, if the uh, people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, then uh, we may be able to find a mechanism that will. Uh, penalize them for doing the wrong thing uh and i think that's uh that's all being looked at but uh, not in place at, at this moment and you know i think by and large still the vast majority of the people are doing the right thing and uh it, it's going to be hard for a, any bus driver or any supervisor to distinguish between who's 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 there for the right reason and who's there for the wrong reason so it's a particularly difficult thing to do we're we're counting on people's sensibilities and their uh, their you know practical reality that they're not only putting themselves at risk when they do that but they're putting everyone else on the bus at risk as well and then and then that that is how community spread happens and so uh, you know minimize the need to use the transit system means leave it for the people that, that need it to get to work that uh, our first responders our fire our paramedics people that need to get groceries and they this is their only means of transportation or they need to get to a medical appointment beyond that Stay off the transit system. Thanks uh, for the email, Craig. Appreciate it. 905-645-3221, start 9900. The Bill Kelly Show, 900 CHML with uh, Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. Uh, back to the phones. Sandra, you're next on the program. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning, and um, thanks for coming on the air, Mr. Eisenberger. 
Uh, here's my question or my statement, and then you can respond. Um, you, the mayor of Toronto, mayors across Canada, the, the Doug Ford, Trudeau, you know, if you've got questions, go to www.whatever. Well, how about those folks like me who don't have the internet and don't have access to web pages and don't have access to Canada Revenue Agency to tap into the funds that are available or have access to EI on the web. What do we do? And and what your producer said to me, and I'm keeping that clean because that's what she said, she said, well, just get the guy to come in and install it for you. Well, you know what? It's not that easy because you need money. And you need a computer. So, Ms. Reisenberg, and I want to take your answer and your comment off the air. What do we do? Because apparently I'm supposed to apply for EI on the phone, and I can't. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Mr. Mayor? Hey, Sandra. I, uh, I, I don't have any technological challenges. Uh, lots of people lots of people use the, uh, the library for Unfortunately, uh, that resource is available. Uh, we're going to have to figure out, and I'll, I'll certainly pass that issue along to uh, to our EOC team uh, to see if uh, if there's uh, anything that can be done in terms of getting people another resource. But we're relying on radio. People are listening to the radio, and uh, information is being shared there. We're relying on, you know, truthfully, we are relying on websites and social media and every every news outlet that we can get our hands on, including the newspaper to give people an opportunity to get information. Uh, we, uh, we have to assume that there are mechanisms in place in most households across the, uh, the city to, uh, to get access to that information. And if, if that doesn't exist, then we, uh, we need to find another way. So I'll certainly raise that with our the, uh, emergency operations team, that there are people, and this has come up before, that there are people that uh, just don't have a phone and don't have access to, uh, to a laptop and, and, and how are they to uh, then get access to, you know, all the information or application forms that, uh, that are out there that uh, they need to get at? So I don't have a quick and ready answer for you, but I will uh, raise it again with our ESO, EOC team and uh, see if there's anything that we can do to help provide that kind of access. I, I mean, the, the short answer to the past was always, when, well, you can use this, the, the library, but I guess they're closed now anyway, aren't they? They are, and that's, uh, that's particularly challenging for a lot of people that you would use a library to get that kind of access. Now, you know what, I would hope that, uh, you know, people could maintain safe distance and rely on family or friends to, uh, to help them. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, someone in your family has access to a computer that could uh, help provide you uh, the information that you're looking for. Uh, or someone has access to a phone that, uh, that uh, then could, uh, you know, maybe let you use it to, uh, to get the kind of uh, connections that you're uh, looking to do. I think you have to be creative out there. I don't think there's a, there's a ready, easy solution to this. I would, I would certainly try and rely on others, friends, family, and others that might safely, uh, keeping distance and or working remotely, give you the kind of access that you need. So I, I hope, Sandra, you can find a way of doing that on the short term. I'll certainly look at the, uh, the, the longer-term issue in terms of uh, what we can do to help provide some additional accessibility for you. Uh, <clears throat> clearly, she has a phone, so I mean, uh, I'm sure she can get a hold of some of those agencies anyway because they still are staffing. Yep. 
905-645-3221, star 9900. This is the Bill Kelly Show, 900 CHML, uh, with the Mayor's Town Hall. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger is here. And uh, Gary, you're next on the program. Welcome to the program, Gary. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Fred. How are you? Good. Well, Gary, thank you. Hello. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, I, a question for Fred. Um, with everything going on, uh, unfortunately, how does he see our property taxes going up for next year? I mean, someone has to pay for everything that's going on, uh, federally, provincially, municipal. Um, I live in Hamilton, Stony Creek, and I already pay a lot of taxes to begin with. I'm just wondering, how does he foresee next year property taxes increasing drastically, normally? How does he feel on that? Yeah. Thank you, Gary. I, I mean, it's a good question. I don't, again, uh, the answer really lies in, uh, you know, what the federal and provincial governments are prepared to do to help municipalities and the uh, the revenue and expense, the revenue shortfalls that we're currently experiencing and the additional expenses that we're experiencing. So if there's a, and, I, and, and again, we've uh, spoken to the minister uh, ministers in Toronto, and I spoke to the deputy prime minister last night. They're well aware of the municipal shortfalls that are happening, uh, and uh, they're uh, they're looking hard at at some point, you know, making uh, making uh, monies available to offset those uh, those expenses and those losses of revenues. How how much that will be and to what degree is not known yet. I don't I don't think that's a high priority right now. Uh, right now, they're trying to get money out the door to individuals and to businesses and to folks that are, you know, struggling to kind of keep going uh, day to day and meeting some of their bills. But, uh, you know, down the road, we, we anticipate that there's going to be more resources that they're going to announce. So $82 billion is a starter. $17 billion in the province of Ontario is a starter. Uh, there's more funding that's going to have to flow. And some of that funding has to come to municipalities to offset those costs. So quick answer is, uh, don't know, uh, but I anticipate funding com- coming from the feds and province. Uh, if it's uh, not sufficient to cover the shortfall, the only other resource we have is to go to municipal taxation to uh, to recover that. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have to wait and see uh, how that plays out. <clears throat> Currently this year, 2.9% was as good as we could get to maintain services, but uh, as you can expect, Right now, the, uh, the the revenue decline and the, the increase in costs is uh, is going to be a cash flow problem at some point throughout this year. And then ultimately, you're right, the uh, whatever costs are incurred federally, provincially, or municipally ultimately comes out of the taxpayer's pocket at some point. So I think people can expect that taxation across the board is going to have to come up if we want to deal with the deficits that we're all going to incur in the short run. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I I realize that. I just want to kind of make it clear as a, as a citizen here in Hamilton that yeah. once the dust settles and hopefully everything just clears up and goes back to some sort of normalcy, that mm-hmm. someone has to pay for everything that's going on, and it's it's going to come down to the taxpayers at some point that we're going to have to kick in more money more than likely. And mm-hmm. I feel like we're already paying, we pay a lot for taxes. Uh, I have a thousand square foot home uh, in Stony Creek. Uh, 
and I'm over $4,4200 in tax. 1000 mm-hmm. square foot home, uh, nothing not fancy. So <clears throat> people can only take so much property tax downloaded onto them. Um, right. I'm just kind of voicing is, out which, my, I'm not going to say my frustration, but, you know, at some point the municipality can't keep asking the taxpayer for more and more and more money. I mean, we're just, we're, we're being, we're being bled out just by paying property tax. It's a, it's well, a debate we've had for the longest time, Gary. I know. And Mr. Mayor, we've talked about this ad nauseum. The property tax is the most regressive form of tax anyway, because it's not based on your ability to pay. Uh, it's just, you know, here are the services, here's your share of it, now you have to pay this. Income tax, by definition, uh, the more money you make, the more tax you pay. It doesn't always work that way, but, but it, it, this is the system we're stuck with. And uh, unfortunately, the city can't do anything about that because it's the province that dictates how we're taxed here. And that's, that's I guess, the millstone around e- about everybody's neck, I guess, with every municipality, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, realistically speaking, uh, you know, as as grow and as demand for services increase uh, you know policing costs increase firefighting costs increase because if there's expansion in the city of hamilton more more housing means more more fire suppression requirements more par- paramedics are required all of that costs money uh we can't we can't uh, you know deliver those services and continue to deliver those services if we don't get additional dollars to be able to do that and that's uh, the only reason that uh, that increases are happening is to maintain the level of services that uh, that people are expecting. The only other way to uh, to reduce that is to start hiving off uh, levels of service that uh, that uh, are, are currently being delivered in a, in a safe and proactive way. Uh, I don't I don't know that the majority of the citizens want that to happen. And so Gary's quite right. At the end of the day, the bill comes to the taxpayers, and uh, there's only one pocket in the taxpayers. Again, I'll say that 50% of your tax load overall goes to the federal government, 40% from, goes to the province of Ontario, 10% comes to municipalities. And our argument with the federal and provincial government is that we're asked to do a heck of a lot with that 10%, and they keep downloading more and more. Uh, the pressure on the localized tax base uh, and on municipal tax base is ever-increasing, and it's not sustainable. And so we're asking for help and assistance. And, and we, in fact, we ask them, for a different funding model right across the country, and to date that hasn't happened, and maybe maybe this is the impetus to uh, to get there because we need a larger share of the overall tax load coming to local municipalities and and cities where most of the activity and services are being delivered. The other element to this too, we're just about out of time here, is that uh, the other G7 nations, including the United States, by the way. Uh, have a much different system where the federal and state governments in those particular cases offer much more financial assistance to municipalities than they do here in Canada uh, on a sustaining level. Uh, In other words, there's always going to be that fund there uh, that you can tap into. You still have to apply for it, et cetera, but uh, we don't do that in Canada. We have little programs, as you know, Mr. Mayor, you've had to go cap and hand up to Ottawa or to Queen's Park how many times now saying, can we uh, access this? And and it's it's a difficult process. So I I think everybody shares your frustration. Yeah, we, we, you know, at some point there, there needs to be, I mean, the, the, the taxation system that we have is based on the British North America Act. You know, the constitution that was developed at that time and when, when, when this, the country was largely agricultural, 
Uh, we're not we're not that anymore. We care about our agricultural communities for sure, but most of the people now are living in cities where where the services are being delivered, and the the, the, the tax regime hasn't kept pace with that that dynamic, and so that's something that that needs to happen soonish. That sure does. Mr. Mayor, we're right out of time. Thank you, as always, uh, for joining us today. Uh, thanks to all our callers. Our apologies to the ones that we could not get to today, but we'll do this again yep. uh, very shortly, and uh, we'll have a consistent uh, line of contact with the mayor with updates about yep. what's happening with COVID as well. Have a great weekend, Mr. Mayor. Stay safe and stay healthy. We'll do it. I just want to do a quick shout-out to our, our, our paramedics, our frontline service people, the public health folks that are on the job, uh, you know, day in and day out. Uh, if you see them out and about in the streets, uh, thank them for us because they're doing an amazing job. Just do it from six feet away. That's all. Uh, exactly. that's, that's, thanks again. Exactly. Hamilton Mayor Fred Eisenberger. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.